This episode of Live at River City Studios is made possible through the generosity of Bissell Incorporated, leaders in household cleaning since 1876. Hi, we're, we're the Ragbirds. Rag we're live at River City Studios. Hi, I'm Ellen Taylor, and welcome to Live at River City Studios featuring the Ragbirds. Hello, guys. Hi. Erin, hey. introduce us to the rest of your crew here. Okay, um, this is my brother TJ Zindel. Um, it's Lauren Kranz back there, he's our drummer. Um, TJ plays guitar, by the way. Um, this is Randall, my husband, and Brian Christ. Now, I was, gonna, I was going to ask what the dynamic was between you guys, because I could tell you and TJ had a little bit of a family resemblance, yes. but then I saw the ring on your finger and thought, okay, well maybe there's a brother-sister type of love with everybody, but clearly there's more than a brother-sister <laughs> love between you and Randall. Mm -hmm. So now, how did the band come together? How did the Ragbirds come together? Well, actually, Randall and I started the band about six years ago, and um, we actually started with the recording. Um, I had all these songs that I wanted to get out there in the world, and I didn't know what was going to happen with them or with the band and we didn't even have plans yet to do a live show but we just started recording the songs and eventually gathered together musicians to join us and play the songs live and over the years the cast has changed a little bit but um, yeah we've been doing it uh, as the Ragbirds now for six years about. Now Lauren we have a married couple, we have a brother and a sister, mm -hmm. you're not part of any of those couples. How do you fit into the group? I mean, how do you two, as not part of the other three uh -huh. kind of couples here, in that instance, fit in and when did you guys kind of come into the group? Well, I've been with the Ragbirds almost a year now, coming up on June 23rd. It's our anniversary. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, <That's> cute. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I was living in Ypsilanti at the time, the Ragbirds are originally from Ypsilanti, so I was familiar with the group and found out that they needed a drummer. I'm the third guy to sit in the drummer's seat, you know, and uh, it's just been amazing. Third time's a so charm? Cool. Definitely. Third time's <laughs> a charm. Definitely. What about you? What's your story? I joined the, the past fall about nine months ago, and you know, can't, same kind of situation as Lauren. I was living in Ann Arbor, and you know, here these guys were looking for a bass player, so, you know, went and... The rest is magic. It is. <laughs> <laughs> TJ, do you guys all have a hand in writing your songs, or is there kind of a primary writer, primary person? Oh, it's all on Aaron, huh? Pretty much. Now, what would Pretty you much. say your role is in this group? Uh, good question. Uh, I mean, besides... Yeah, I'm the guitar player, I mean, I guess. <laughs> I mean, besides protector, I mean, you didn't really do a good job protecting your sister when this guy comes in. I mean, do you and your brother-in-law get along really well? You wouldn't believe the things I've had to protect her from on stage. That's so, <laughs> true. Yeah, that's, he is my yeah. protector. There have been times true. where I've, you know, I've stood down dudes twice my size. Yeah. But um, we yeah. play in a lot of know. drunken environments, so. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Sometimes there's us. been there's been pushing and crying, <laughs> kicking and. Yeah. TJ actually uh, um, lends a, a pretty good hand in, in arranging a lot of the songs. Um, he's got a great ear for arrangement and producing too. So besides playing guitar and singing. He also helps sort of uh, flesh out the tunes and maybe cut out some unnecessary things or add a part here or a part there. So they work really well together doing that. Um, yeah.
on our fourth album with you guys. Now, where have you guys come from the first album to the fourth album, and where are the Ragbirds going in albums 9, 10, and 11? Sure. Oh, well, that's pretty... That's, <laughs> um, well, you know, I, I think our, our, our sound has definitely evolved uh, over the years. You know, we've become a better band, tighter, more musical. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we've taken, uh, with the addition of TJ to the band, we took a little bit more of a step in a little bit more of a rock direction. Um, you know, with the world, the world folk music at its core still. Um, so we're, we're making our fourth record with, I think, the best career musicians we've ever had. And, uh, you know, we just hope to continue growing in that same direction all the time. So Now, when you guys make a record, it's obviously not cheap. You're not doing this for free. How do you guys raise money to put out these albums? Well, in the past, it's just been through touring and... And, of course, um, we've taken on some debt over the years to do previous records. Um, but this time, uh, we tried something different. And because of a few friends' recommendations, we tried a program called Kickstarter. And um, we had a really successful Kickstarter campaign. We had a set an original goal of $10,000. And it's just a way to reach out to fans um, and friends who just want to help see this music um, get out there into the world in, in the form of a CD. And they, you know... They basically donated to, um, in exchange for like gifts, sometimes people just pre-ordered a CD or got all kinds of um, exclusive rewards that we had, you know, like a certain limited edition t-shirt and things like that. Um, even a couple of house concerts we're going to be doing. And um, anyway, so we ended up reaching our goal and surpassing it. We made almost, uh, or a little over $15,000 to 
put towards the new album. And it's great because your fans have donated more than the $10,000 goal, which lets you guys as a, a group do even more and give back to them. Now, do you see that you have fans that have followed you through each of these albums? I mean, and how do you interact with them? How do you keep in touch with them, say on a daily, monthly, yearly basis? Well, we have, um, well, we have an email newsletter that we've been putting out for four years, I guess. And we've got, you know, thousands of people on the email newsletter. We send it out once a month. You know, we do things like include, I mean, all of our show dates, news updates, sometimes like recipes, book recommendations. Like, it's kind of a fun way to keep in touch. Also, social networking, obviously. Facebook, Twitter, we're on all those those sites. We have a website too. But yeah, we definitely have fans that have been around since the very beginning, for sure, um, that continue to come out to shows. I mean, there, there are Ragbirds fans that I've seen at hundreds of Ragbirds shows, so which is really cool, you know. And having people, our fans, sort of put their money where their, their mouth is um, really is it's a big boost to your confidence in terms of being an artist. Having people put up almost $16,000 to get behind us making a new album was you know, really, really awesome. Now, Live at River City Studios is based in West Michigan in Grand Rapids. So, TJ, how do you guys wind up from Ypsilanti here in West Michigan? We drive. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, uh... That's all part of the Kickstarter yeah. process, right? Yeah. Gas. We teleported. You know, we, we, we come out here every every couple months, it's, you know, it seems usually. Uh, we got a good fan base going in Grand Rapids, right? Yeah. So, so. You know. so your fan base is kind of widespread across the state. I mean widespread past Michigan too? Oh, for sure, yeah. We, t we tour, I think we've done almost 40 states mm -hmm. um, in Japan. So we, we definitely have traveled a lot and we do almost 200 shows a year. We travel full time. Um, yeah, we get around time. as much as we can, as far as we can. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned 40 states, and then you say Japan. I mean, and you just say it so nonchalantly. How do you wind up in Japan? We, well, we had an album that um, started to sell records over there. It was our second album. And um, we started selling them through Homegrown Music Network, and uh, they started to place orders faster than we could keep up with. And it was just like, I don't know how it happened, but it kind of caught on. And um, a record label in Japan ended up um, calling us and, and signing us and brought us over for a tour um, in 2009. And we were, had a chance to play at the Green Room Festival in Yokohama and played for about 5,000 people. And um, it was a great, great experience. But And then after that, they picked up our next most recent CD, Finally Almost Ready. And um, that that album actually made it onto the top pop 100 charts in Japan. It was like number 53 on the charts next to like Lady Gaga and like weird. Black Eyed Peas <laughs> and all these Japanese pop stars and yeah. ragbirds. So.
with 200 shows per year, 40 states in the United States, how do you guys get around? Are you guys flying first class just yet? No, not yet. Um, we have a van that actually, it's a, it's a big tour van and a trailer, and it actually runs on waste vegetable oil, uh, which is essentially we take uh, used uh, frying oil from restaurants, and our van has this whole conversion system in it. It's a diesel van uh, that basically takes the oil, puts it in the van, heats it all up, and filters it uh, various times, and then it burns uh, on the waste vegetable oil. Any diesel will run on vegetable oil as long as it's hot and hot enough and thin enough. So it's not exactly biodiesel, which is vegetable oil made from or run through a chemical process uh, to make it thin enough to burn in an engine. Uh, our van actually runs on straight waste vegetable oil. So that enables us to travel uh, um, all over the country. We fill up on, you know, we use a little bit of diesel to start the engine, uh, but we're able to get about 90% less carbon emissions traveling in that way. And everything coming out of our tailpipe, all the exhaust is biodegradable as well. So, so when you drive up to, I mean, do you literally drive up to restaurants yeah. and say, hey, can we take your waste? We want to put it in our truck yes. so we can go on tour. <laughs> do you really? exactly, exactly what we do. I mean, I feel like you'd have to send TJ out there. Cute, nice, you know, quiet guy. Hi, please. You know, I mean, who, who's the one that has to go That's and ask? my job. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. I put on my shirt and I go in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, generally speaking, I do. Yeah. Um, I, I usually will find a restaurant and I'll let them know. Uh, first, we look at the oil because not all restaurants have good vegetable oil. Some use hydrogenated oils, like a lot of fast food chains. Um, so typically, uh, Asian restaurants, uh, sushi restaurants, places like that that don't fry a lot of meat typically have good clean oil. Um, so I'll go inside and I'll say, you know, my name is Randall. I'm a musician. We're doing a tour promoting, you know, our music and environmental sustainability. Do you guys mind if we suck out a few gallons of oil out of your dumpster out back? And our van will hold 80 gallons of vegetable oil. Plus, we have a, we have a, we have a 30 gallon diesel tank too, so we can actually run on diesel anytime we want. We can't find vegetable oil, but it's a much more efficient, uh, greener, cleaner way of traveling. And we travel so much that it, it's really important for us not to you know impact the environment with all that driving. Yeah, that's unbelievable. And with gas being so expensive yeah, right. these days, we save a lot of money doing it too, mm -hmm. for sure. I bet you do, and it's funny that you say you have to use good oil and right. you don't want to go through certain restaurants because it's bad oil, but yet those restaurants are the most popular ones for that sure. we tend to eat. So if it's not good for my truck, it's not good for oh, my I body, it right? all the time, for sure. If I wouldn't put it in the yeah. van, I wouldn't put it in my body and vice versa. So, I mean, it's definitely, uh, I've learned I've learned a lot about the sort of seedy underbelly of the restaurant industry. Maybe. <laughs> Who thought you would know that? I mean, you were just going on tour and you find out all these things. Right. There's definitely restaurants I won't eat at now. Right. <laughs> Having looked in their grease trap.
Interview take two. Take three. Interview take three. <laughs> <laughs> Got your back.